Hey everybody, welcome to Talkin' Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 21 or 22 of Talking Stock, depending on how you look at it. We apologize for the absence last week. We had some work and travel conflicts, but we're back here for what would technically be episode 22 with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how are you doing? Hey, Kyle. It's been a while since we did this. I know last weekend I was on vacation, uh, and I know that you were busy as well with some personal and uh, professional things going on, so wasn't able to watch as much of uh, the Charlotte Roval race as I would have liked. Um, I know I think you can say the same there so definitely apologize for not not being on the air last week but uh, excited to talk a little bit about that race this past weekend's race and this upcoming weekend's race so we got a lot to talk about uh, but feeling good about it yeah absolutely so we sit here and we record this on October the 17th we'll start with the Roval which would be uh, a race ago now uh, most recently we finished up in Las Vegas but we'll go back to the Roval so Trey, A.J. Allmendinger wins. What a win for him. He was super excited, ends up in the stands and the celebration. Looked like a good time. Yeah, he's always been one of those guys that, like, you can't not root for him. Like, it doesn't matter if you're – if you are inherently an uh, A.J. Allmendinger fan, you got to root for the dinger. I mean, he has been bounced around from team to team and, you know, hasn't maybe had the career that some of the other guys have but just a super likable guy. So really excited to see him get that win. Um, unfortunately, I don't think either one of us picked him, you know, as our race winner in the top five, but I'm going to say like just about every other road course this year, one of us had the dinger. Um, so the one time we don't do it is the time that he, uh, he pulls it off, but super excited for him. I think I saw, I don't know if it was official, but that he's probably moving back to the Xfinity series for college racing next year. Um, I don't know how official that was. It was just some of those talking heads on Twitter. So excited for him to at least get one more in the Cup Series uh, while the time being. For sure. Yeah, nice to see him get a win. Uh, most of all, um, from, a, from a fan's perspective, if one of your drivers are in it, it's always nice to see somebody not get locked in. So I think that makes for great talking points going forward. Um, to kind of fast forward through that, uh, we do have the news uh, with the NASCAR schedule releasing uh, prior to that race that the Roval will be returning in 2024. Trey, we didn't quite get our wish of getting two Charlottes, but uh, I think as I've heard Daniel Trotta say, um, you know, there's only one Roval. Um, there's nothing like it. I would say that's because it sucks, but, you know, I mean, everybody can look at it in their own way, um, but the Roval will be coming back in 24. Yeah, it's certainly unfortunate. Um, we've seen this year, especially in the next-gen card, that the mile-and-a-half tracks are definitely back. Charlotte, in particular, is back. Uh, so limiting one of the, you know, with the 600 crown roll event, so that kind of loops Charlotte Motor Speedway into crown roll tracks to only get one chance to race there throughout the year um, on the actual surface, and then a second race there that's on this, Frankenstein, ugly, not really a road course, not really an oval track. Uh, just isn't fair, I think, to the viewers. But that's the decision that NASCAR has made. And I guess we have to live with it. And 
I'm not sure. Is that another cutoff race? If it's at least if it's not a cutoff race, I think I can be okay with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, to kind of conclude that subject, I think Charlotte has been so good that I would be okay with three Charlotte dates, including a Roval. So Every race in Charlotte. Yeah, 36 <laughs> Charlotte race um, for sure. Um, but kind of glossing over that, heading to Las Vegas. And man, if you didn't see it, it was just a good old whooping because I believe that was a term used earlier in the year. And man, Kyle Larson showed up ready to race in Las Vegas this last Sunday. Yeah, this looked like the Kyle Larson of uh, two years ago when he just put it on the field. He got to lead and just did not look back. I think a little bit of battling with uh, Christopher Bell for the first stage win there. We saw that. That was pretty exciting. Uh, but overall, the movement throughout the pack, I don't think was great. Uh, I was looking back at through the numbers and through the stats and final standings. Just about everyone, if you had stage points in stage one, you also had stage points in stage two. So it's basically the same top 10, maybe in a little bit of a different order. And that's also how they finish. So throughout the entire race, it was the same 10 guys at the front of the field, which isn't always terrible. Like it, it is typically because they're the best cars. But that also means that there wasn't a, t- a ton of moving throughout the pack. Uh, which sometimes signifies maybe, unfortunately, we just got done talking about the mile and a half, but maybe they lost something here. But also maybe it was just because cars were consistently blowing right rears. I don't really know what was happening there. Yeah, no, certainly odd. Um, And one of those things, if you're an executive at Goodyear, you're sweating out. But if I had to venture a guess, um, you know, this point in the season, a lot on the line, you're probably just messing with the air pressure <laughs> trying to find some speed. So, uh, but definitely uh, something that probably has a good year sweating a good bit, but uh, you know, Kyle Larson showed up ready to go. Uh, I don't want to say that they've been, you know, bad throughout the playoffs. Obviously they've been very good, um, but this locks him in. Um, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere for me, but I was surprised to see how dominant he was. Um, it had been a few races since he was, you know, fully, uh, you know, kind of killing the game. I mean, he really was at his best in the first part of this thing, the round of 16. So he's just kind of been cruising, riding that cushion since then. And, you know, he just kind of gave us a wake-up call and said, hey, you know, I'm still here. And I, and I think I can win this championship because I think so many people, including myself, um, you know, have kind of been on to William Byron. And I and that, that's my pick to win it, um, you know, frankly, is William Byron. But, man, you see a performance like that from, from Kyle Larson, it's uh, hard to overlook him going into Phoenix which he is now locked up to go. Um, but outside of that, he had some great racing with the 20. Um, that finish is among the better you'll see all year. Um, I think probably um, probably the Kansas race I, I enjoyed the most um, between ha- Hamlin and Larson. Um, but Bell couldn't quite get there. Um, but, man, a couple more laps, who knows? That was really a fantastic finish. I don't even think we needed a couple more laps, maybe a half a lap. I mean, he knocked it down to – like within like a tenth of a second was the actual finish. I think uh, Larson, I don't know if he was just cruising and Bell took advantage of that or if Bell's car was just that good at the end on that long run. Um, And then Larson got caught up a little bit with uh, some lap traffic and there wasn't a ton of places for him to go. And Bell definitely took advantage of that. So I would have liked to have seen one more lap and uh, we might've had a different outcome. Uh, But yeah, we certainly haven't seen that as much out of the uh 
out of the five team this year. We've expected it from the 24. I mean, week in and week out, they are, they are running like that. Um, so definitely interesting to see. And this is Kyle's now second time that he'll be part of the championship for. Uh, the first time for him was during his year of dominance when he won it back in 2021. So be interested to see if he can uh, go two for two in championship four appearances. Yeah, I certainly like his chances uh, really because it's Phoenix. But um, yeah, he's he's going to be hard to, to discount. Um, but outside of that, we had some interesting news involving the 12 Orion Blaney. Um, so he was initially disqualified. That was later rescinded today. So that shakes up the points like a bunch in the last like few hours where that bubble with uh, Truex and Hamlin went from like plus six uh, to plus and plus three to back to plus two. So they're kind of splitting that that fourth spot right now. Um, but outside of that, um, Blaney's still not in the championship four, even after all that movement. He currently sits uh, minus 17 to the cut. So not as bad as it could have been, which I believe it was minus 56, but still uh, they're going to be making up some ground going forward. Yeah. That 12 team still has a lot to, to be done if they want to see themselves competing for a championship uh, here in Phoenix in a few weeks, but 17 is a lot easier to overcome than 56. 17 points is essentially a good race by yourself and one or two guys having, it doesn't even have to be a terrible race by them just a you know a mediocre race or obviously if you get the win then it doesn't matter uh but 56 was basically completely eliminated outside of a win so i'm okay with that i like the 12 i'm interested to see i haven't had a lot of time today to dive into the particulars of nascar rescinding the disqualification this quickly typically i would you would think that if it was going to happen it would take more than less than 48 hours um, to, to determine that maybe the part was within spec. Um, so have to follow up and see what the deal was there. Maybe it was just a lot of uh, Blaney moms on Twitter uh, complaining. Yeah, it certainly makes you feel like, uh, you know, what the NASCAR marketing department was thinking. Um, you know, they made a call and said, hey, you know, He's already not in. Let's not bury him just yet um, because I think Ryan Blaney is obviously one of the most popular drivers, but it's pretty hard to call him a, a superstar. He's talented, and I think he will probably get there eventually, especially when you get – obviously, Harvick's already retiring, but you know, there's a big chunk of wins being eaten up by guys like Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex, and eventually they're going to go away, and somebody's got to win those races. So I think it eventually could stumble into being Blaney, and he just doesn't have that championship – like. Really, with NASCAR, and I'm not going to say I like the system because I don't, but the way that the championship four exists, it's almost like, you know, I mean, college basketball programs celebrate final or final fours, right? In this case, championship fours. It's a big deal to make it that far. Now, everything is the championship. And if you ain't first, you're last. But when it comes to building your resume and saying this guy is one of the best guys when it comes to the end of the year, those championship four appearances matter, in which Ryan Blaine doesn't have any. So I'd like to see Blaney, uh, you know, make a shot at this just to see if it can get interesting just because he's still not all, all that close. Um, but really the penalty um, coming off that quickly is very surprising. Yeah, I think this goes back to a little bit of our slight disdain for the current playoff point system um, as opposed to like the Winston Cup system. A penalty like this, this late in the year, is detrimental to the team. 
if it happens last week at the Roval, it meant nothing. Ryan Blaney had already won at Talladega. He was already locked into the round of eight. So it didn't really matter. But since it was this week, it does. It, I mean, that would have ended his season without a win. So I'm wondering if maybe they looked into it, realized, that, hey, this didn't actually impact anything. It's, you know, this close to being within the limit. Let's put him back in because they've also taken a huge ratings hit. I saw, I believe it was uh, Gluck posted today um, that they were down a significant percentage in viewership uh, this weekend's Las Vegas race as opposed to last October when they were out there. So maybe that has a little bit to do with it. They've already lost Chase Elliott, not in the playoffs. Um, I guess he is still in the owner's playoffs, but that doesn't really what fans care about that much. Um, so maybe this was an attempt to just try and hang on to the little bit of viewership they got left. Yeah, certainly interesting. And I think that comes back to looking in the mirror with them. Um, I think, I mean, Richard Petty said it at the time that, you know, this is changing the sport fundamentally and, you know, it really isn't a legitimate champion. And it's, it's hard to say that because so many greats have won. Um, sometimes it has jived with the old system where, you know, the best car won, but motorsports, it goes on for so long. There's, we started this when I was trying to see, I couldn't believe that we hadn't been to Homestead since last season. I had to like triple check, but I just noticed we started this season on February 2nd in the Coliseum. So we've been at this for over 10 months and all of that builds down to this. And the way that the system works to begin with, the points matter, but then they don't matter. And then timing matters, like you just mentioned with Ryan Blaney. The fact of the matter is when it comes to racing, the best format is a cumulative assessment at the end of the year of how you performed week in and week out. And instead of, you know, in three-round spurts, and, oh, by the way, maybe you won't have a good set of tracks for you. Forget that maybe some drivers are more equipped to be road course racers or super speedway mile and a half racers. Sometimes the manufacturer just isn't good at a particular track. Like I really do want to see Hamlin or Truex win. Why should I believe that they're going to the Toyota has not led a lap in Phoenix. And yet that's where we, we have our, our champion crown every year. Does that have something to do with it? Is that not skewed? You have one race to prove it. Let's have the freaking championship at Richmond. See how long that lasts. Fucking the Chevy bros piss themselves. Like, give me a break. This the format stinks. You're going to kick Ryan Blaney out of the playoffs. The guy that won two weeks ago. And he's not in the championship hunt if you go on a more traditional Winston Cup format anyway. But you cheat yourself of natural drama when you create this format. And you, you force it to happen. And then because of that, it's just cheapened. Everything comes down to the 1992 race where you had Kawicki and Bill Elliott and, you know, it's Mark Martin uh, and uh, maybe Kyle Petty. You know, that was like, that was the, the peak excitement because you had so many guys going for it. And they just tried to recreate that moment ever since. And it really isn't special unless it plays out naturally. And that's how you end up with the system that we have. Yeah. I think that there is still a path forward for NASCAR to have like a playoff type system. Um, my vision would be, so they reset quote unquote, reset the points after with, what is it? 11 races left or 10 races left, whatever that is. Um, 
And at that point, you get like your bonus points throughout the year, but then it doesn't reset for the rest of it. that. Those 10 races are the playoff races. And whoever, so I think that that would help eliminate because NASCAR's biggest fear with like the Winston Cup is that with two or three races left in the season, there's someone that is so far ahead that as long as they don't wreck out and get suspended 200 points, they're going to win it. And I, that hurts viewership. I understand that. That's why every sport has playoffs. But in a system where you're not resetting after every three races, you at least get a the regular season matters because it gets you there. And then playoffs matter because that's for the championship and not, oh, man, I have to perform every three races. And if one small thing happens, you blow a tire and you finish three laps down and your season's basically over despite winning six races. Yeah, it's just it's manufactured. I mean, even if you want to include a playoff type scenario, the original chase was the best and they just kept tweaking it. And I think that it was more about the fact that NASCAR was stigmatized, I think, uh, in a lot of like we're being from up north. Right. Trey, was it easy being a NASCAR fan? Did you talk about it all the time? No, you didn't. You know, so there's a lot of stuff like that that plays into it, that you're an idiot for watching it. Right. I think that was the bigger issue through, you know, the back half of the 2010 or 2000s and into the 2010s right was it you know i think that the sport got stigmatized you're some sort of bumpkin if you wanted to watch and obviously you know people talk about if you know dale earnhardt hadn't have died but that's that's getting down the rabbit hole what might have been but i think they're look they were looking for answers and i guess they want to be proactive but they shouldn't have changed that format so they've goofed twice i would have never went away from the winston but here we are it's just a shame and i don't enjoy it as much and it's not because my driver doesn't win. It's just is goofy. Like you just made the perfect point with Ryan Blaney. But getting getting back on track here, the championship four does now have Kyle Larson locked into it. William Byron's plus nine, and Trex and Hamlin are plus two. Behind him is Christopher Bell at minus two. Tyler Reddick at minus 16. Ryan Blaney minus 17. And last is Chris Buescher at minus 23. Trey, not too good for the Fords, but... Who, how do you see this shaking out compared to where you, what you predicted at the beginning of the playoffs? Yeah, I'd have to go back and actually look at what those exact predictions were, but I know that I had the 24, the 19. I think that those top four guys were my top, were my four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident there outside of one of those bottom four guys, Bell, Reddick, Blaney, or Busher getting a surprise maybe not so much a surprise one but taking a win over the next two weeks um i think that that top four is what we're going to see they've been the four dominant cards throughout the year um they're sitting in positions that they have a little bit of a cushion truex and denny uh not as much but i still think that they continue on and get themselves into the championship four yeah uh i'm close uh, if you can remember as we went into the playoffs that's why i was I would say shocking because it's Kyle Larson, who I think is probably the most talented driver at one of the probably the most dominant team. But, you know, he had kind of faded in the late summer. I had my my picks as uh, Byron, Truex, Hamlin, and, and Busher. It's not like Christopher Busher is going to make it. The Fords have not been great um, this last little stretch here. So I'm going to stick with, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to stick with my picks, but I don't think they're going to actually exactly turn out to be four for four. But man, I have William Byron as the championship uh, winner, and I think that that's probably going to be the case as much as I would hope that it would be Denny Hamlin. But I really do think 
it's going to end up being William Byron. As we move forward, Trey, into this coming week, we did have some good news that I really enjoyed uh, to see. That's going to be uh, Kevin Harvick driving the Ford Budweiser car. It's going to be a replica of his 2014 championship car scheme, uh, which he won, which would have been at Homestead. So that makes sense. Um, really special. Good car to see back on track. Uh, I'm pretty hyped about that. Yeah, definitely one of the iconic cars, you know, Kevin Harvick, definitely a Hall of Famer. So sad to see him going out this year. Sad to see he hasn't gotten that, you know, final win. But maybe this uh, championship replica car will will bring him into victory lane. Yeah, I know. I'm. Let me tell you, I'd love to see it because, first of all, it means one of the Hendrick cars didn't win, which is what I think is going to happen personally. Uh, but I'd love to see him get there. He's been so close in his final year. I really didn't want to see him get another win, but you never know. He's the closer. He'll do what he can do. So as we head to Homestead this weekend, it's going to be Sunday at 2.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, there's going to be three spots up for grabs to go to the championship, Trey. Can Kyle Larson repeat, or are we going to get a new winner this weekend? I don't know. He was pretty dominant last year at this race after he had already been eliminated. Um, he was dominant last week, so I think all signs point to him. Uh, but Kyle Larson's been a little streaky this year. So I don't know if he's, you know, finally found his groove. I think every time I say like, it's finally Kyle Larson's time to keep moving forward, whether it's been his own doing or just some bad luck on the track or got into the way of the wrong person at the wrong time, um, that it just hasn't panned out. So I don't know if he repeats, but he's going to be, he's going to be dang fast, um, and hard and hard to keep up with. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he's always a force to be reckoned with on the track. Um, uh, but I do think that it's going to be somebody else going to victory lane, but man, someone that leads 199 laps to the track the year before last time you were there, you have to admit that they probably have a pretty solid notebook. Um, but it's going to mean a lot going to Homestead. I think it's going to be emotional with Harvick. And I think that it's going to be very high stakes racing. Uh, it's really going to be turned up here because man, anything can happen in Martinsville. You can be a good driver at Martinsville. You can get buried in the back and you're not passing shit. So uh, I think this is going to be the best opportunity to kind of make some ground up the rest of the way. And uh, I think it's going to be very, very high stakes. But uh, we'll check in on our season standings. Obviously, we did not have any points awarded for Las Vegas because there was no show last week. So we have to go back to the Roval points, which case I scored nothing. So we don't even have to really talk about me. But we did get plus one for Trey uh, with William Byron uh, at P2. Elite, uh, Trey will now lead the season standings 38 to 28. So I'm going to have to win out a couple times here, maybe pick up some points otherwise, um, you know, to get myself closer back into this. But Trey, hopefully you don't got the right pick, but who do you got this week? Yeah, I think this is the pick that uh, kind of finally puts the dagger in your season. I think that you're still hanging around just enough that if you rattle off a couple picks here in the, in the late rounds that you might come back. But I, I think that Martin Truex gets into victory lane. Uh, we were looking it up earlier. He's finished well last year. I think he finished P6, uh, was running up front, front most of the days, got a lot of stage points. Um, he's won here once or twice. So I think that Martin has a chance to lock himself into the playoffs. I know that the play, or sorry, he has a chance to lock himself into the championship four. I know that the playoffs haven't been uh, great to Martin. Uh, but I think that 19 team finally figures it out this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid pick. Um, certainly, when we go back to that conversation about the format, 
one of the best cars all year. You do kind of want to see him, whether he's going to be a, a factor or not. You'd like to see him be there for the championship moment with the season that he had. So uh, I, I like that pick a lot. But for me, I'm going to stick with Hendrick, but it's not going to be the five. I believe it's going to be the 24 going to victory lane this week. Um, Rudy Fugel and Byron have run 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 well there. Uh, he has a win there a couple years ago. I think uh, I think that they're going to go to victory lane, lock up that championship for uh, appearance, and uh, you know beyond to competing for the win for the season title. Um, outside of that, I'm going to stick with Kyle Larson. I would expect him to be up there regardless, uh, but you know maybe a little teammate action. Um, say hey, you're already locked in. Kind of let's see how how we race each other. And uh, lastly, I'll go Danny Hamlin. Uh, they've been pretty solid. Um, this has been a very good playoffs for them for only having one win. Uh, they could easily have two. Um, so I think that they continue that into, in the homestead this week. And I think that they have a good finish. So Trey, as far as your three of five, who do you got? Yeah, I got, uh, the 24 William Byron joining, uh, Martin in the, in the top three of five there, as you said, I mean, he's just been one of the dominant guys this year. It's hard to, to pick against it. I think that Last round, he won a race and finished second in the other two. So it's tough to to not say that the 24 will be up there. And then I've got Denny Hamlin uh, running up front this weekend. Probably doesn't get a win, but another guy that's run super well throughout the playoffs, which uh, I think proves a little further like my uh, my championship four predictions uh, that these guys can start to really separate themselves this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting. As I mentioned before, I think it's going to be high stakes racing um, because Martinsville is going to be such a, it's going to be traffic to be honest with you. That's what it's going to be. So uh, I think this is your best chance to make some hay. If you're one of the guys below the cut. And I think it's a day where you just want to run up front. If you're on that small cushion, like Truex and Hamlin are, but man, don't count out Christopher bell. Um, I, I did that last year and he ended up going to Phoenix as then he got DQ'd on the, on the hell mountain. So uh, you never know. Um, that was a good moment last year. Hopefully we've got some good moments in store for us. Um, but as always, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talk Sock Pod. We don't know where you're rooting from and who you're rooting for. We appreciate you tuning in. Enjoy Homestead.